Hi, and welcome to Sleep Tight Relax. Short message for grown-ups. Do you get value from our stories? Please consider subscribing to Sleep Tight Premium. It's a bit like having a library full of bedtime stories at your fingertips. Along with sleep sounds, guided meditations, and music for sleep, we help you make sleep time easier and hopefully bring joy and calm to your children. Visit sleeptightpremium.com to subscribe. A link can also be found in our show notes. Thank you. Hi there, and welcome to this episode of Sleep Tight Relax. Sounds, music, and stories for calming busy minds. Now, let's get ourselves in just the right mindset for our cozy return to the story of Aladdin as narrated by Cheryl. Turn the lights down and find your comfortable place, your place to relax or your favorite position in bed. You might position your pillows or your other little comforts to make sure that everything feels as it should. But just before climbing into bed, try taking a few big stretches. You don't have to do a lot. Just reach as high as you can with your hands above your head. Just try to remove some of the tension from your body. Now, after you've finished stretching upwards, let's try another one. Now try ever so gently to stretch your hands down to your toes. Not all of us can touch our toes, and, and that's okay, but try to slowly get as close as you can. This stretch, again, is to help alleviate tension, particularly you spend much of your day sitting. Try these two simple stretches a few times. Now take a few deep belly breaths, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Now, if you are sitting and laying comfortably, let's try what are often called shoulder roll breaths. Now, as you take a deep breath in, roll your shoulders upwards toward your ears, and then drop your shoulders back down as you exhale. Let's try it. Take a slow, deep breath in, 
bringing your shoulders up to your ears, up as high as you can. And now exhale and relax your shoulders back to their normal position. Again, take a slow, deep breath in, bringing your shoulders up to your ears. Hold ever so slightly, and now exhale and relax. Try this a few more times on your own. Don't worry if you don't get it right the first time. I hope you enjoyed tonight's sleep story and have a deep and relaxing sleep. Aladdin, part two. The next day, Aladdin invited the Sultan to see the palace. On entering the hall with the four and twenty windows with their rubies, diamonds, and emeralds, he cried, It is a world's wonder. There is only one thing that surprises me. Was it by accident that one window was left unfinished? No, sir, by design, returned Aladdin. I wished your majesty to have the glory of finishing this palace. The Sultan was pleased and sent for the best jewelers in the city. He showed them the unfinished window and bade them fit it up like the others. Sir, replied their spokesman, we cannot find enough jewels. The Sultan had his own fetched, which they soon used, but to no purpose, for in a month's time, the work was not half done. Aladdin, knowing that their task was vain, bade them undo their work and carry the jewels back, and the genie finished the window at his command. The Sultan was surprised to receive his jewels again and visited Aladdin, who showed him the finished window. The Sultan embraced him, the envious vizier, meanwhile hinting that it was the work of enchantment. Aladdin had won the hearts of the people by his gentle bearing. He was made captain of the Sultan's armies and won several battles for him, but remained modest and courteous as before, and lived thus in peace and content for several years. But far away, the magician remembered Aladdin, and by his magic arts, discovered that Aladdin 
instead of perishing in the cave, had escaped and had married a princess with whom he was living in great honor and wealth. He knew that the poor tailor's son could only have accomplished this by means of the lamp and traveled night and day till he reached the capital of China. As he passed through the town, he heard people talking everywhere about a marvelous palace. Forgive my ignorance, he asked. What is this palace you speak of? Have you not heard of Prince Aladdin's palace, was the reply, the greatest wonder of the world? I will direct you if you have a mind to see it. The magician thanked him who spoke, and having seen the palace, knew that it had been raised by the genie of the lamp and became half mad with rage. He determined to get hold of the lamp and again plunge Aladdin into poverty. Unluckily, Aladdin had gone hunting for eight days, which gave the magician plenty of time. He bought a dozen copper lamps, put them into a basket, and went to the palace crying, new lamps for old, followed by a laughing crowd. The princess, sitting in the hall of four and twenty windows, sent a girl to find out what the noise was about. Madam, replied the girl, who can help laughing to see an old man offering to exchange fine new lamps for old ones? Another girl hearing this said, there is an old one on the mantle there which he can have. Now this was the magic lamp, which Aladdin had left there, as he could not take it out hunting with him. The princess, not knowing its value, laughingly bade the girl take it and make the exchange. She went and said to the magician, Give me a new lamp for this. He snatched it and told the girl to take her choice. He left off exchanging his lamps and went out of the city gates to a lonely place where he remained till nightfall when he pulled out the lamp and rubbed it. The genie appeared and at the magician's command carried him, together with the palace and the princess in it, to a lonely place in Africa. Next morning, the Sultan looked out of the window towards Aladdin's palace and rubbed his eyes, for it was gone. He sent for the visor and asked what had become of the palace. The visor looked out too and was lost in astonishment. He again put it down to enchantment 
And this time, the Sultan believed him and sent 30 men on horseback to fetch Aladdin. They met him riding home, bound him, and forced him to go with them on foot. The people, however, who loved him, followed to see that he came to no harm. He was carried before the Sultan, who ordered the punishment to take place. At that instant, the visor, who saw that the crowd had forced their way into the courtyard and were scaling the walls to rescue Aladdin, called to have the punishment stopped. The people indeed looked so threatening that the Sultan gave way and ordered Aladdin to be untied and pardoned him in the sight of the crowd. Aladdin now begged to know what he had done. How dare you, said the Sultan, come here, and showed him from the window the place where his palace had stood. Aladdin was so amazed that he could not say a word. Where is my palace and my daughter? demanded the Sultan. For the first, I am not so deeply concerned, but my daughter, I must have, and you must find her. Aladdin begged for 40 days in which to find her, promising if he failed to return and tell the Sultan. His request was granted and he went forth sadly from the Sultan's presence. For three days, he wandered about like a madman, asking everyone what had become of his palace, but they only laughed and pitied him. came to the banks of a river and knelt down to say his prayers before throwing himself in it, and in doing so, he rubbed the magic ring he still wore. The genie he had seen in the cave appeared and asked his will. Save my life, genie, said Aladdin, and bring my palace back. That is not in my power, said the genie. I am only the slave of the ring. You must ask the slave of the lamp. Even so, said Aladdin, but can you take me to the palace and set me down under my dear wife's window? He at once found himself in Africa, under the window of the princess, and fell asleep out of sheer weariness. He was awakened by the singing of the birds and his heart was lighter. He saw plainly that all his misfortunes were owing to the loss of the lamp and vainly he wondered who had robbed him of it. 
That morning, the princess rose earlier than she had done since she had been carried into Africa by the magician, whose company she was forced to endure once a day. She, however, treated him so badly that he dared not live there at all. As she was dressing, one of her women looked out and saw Aladdin. The princess ran and opened the window, and at the noise, she made Aladdin look up. She called to him to come to her, and great was the joy of these two at seeing each other again. After he had kissed her, Aladdin said, I beg of you, princess, before we speak of anything else, for your own sake and mine. Tell me what has become of an old lamp I left on the shelf in the hall of four and twenty windows when I went hunting. Alas, she said, I am the innocent cause of our sorrows. And she told him of the exchange of the lamp. Now I know, cried Aladdin, that we have to thank the African magician for this. Where is the lamp? He carries it about with him, said the princess. I know, for he pulled it out of his pocket to show me. He wishes me to marry him. He is forever saying bad things about you, but I only reply with my tears. I am afraid. Aladdin comforted her and left her for a while. He changed clothes with the first person he met in the town and having bought a certain powder, returned to the princess who let him in by a little side door. Put on your most beautiful dress, he said to her, and receive the magician with smiles, leading him to believe that you have forgotten me. Invite him to dine with you and say you wish to taste the wine of his country. He will go for some, and while he is gone, I will tell you what to do. She listened carefully to Aladdin, and when he left, she dressed herself in her beautiful clothes, and seeing in a glass that she looked more beautiful than ever, received the magician, saying to his great amazement, I have made up my mind that Aladdin is gone and that all my tears will not bring him back to me. So I am resolved to mourn no more and have therefore invited you to dine with me. But I am tired of the wines of China and would like to taste those of Africa. The magician flew to his cellar and the princess put the powder Aladdin had given her in her cup. When he returned, she asked him to drink to her health, handing him her cup in exchange for his as a sign 
she was reconciled to him. Before drinking, the magician made her a speech in praise of her beauty. But the princess cut him short, saying, Let me drink first, and you shall say what you will afterwards. She set her cup to her lips and kept it there, while the magician drained his to the bottom and fell back. The princess then opened the door to Aladdin and flung her arms round his neck. But Aladdin put her away, bidding her to leave him as he had more to do. He then went to the magician, took the lamp out of his pocket, and bade the genie carry the palace and all in it back to China. This was done, and the princess in her chamber only felt two little shocks and little thought she was at home again. The sultan who was sitting in his closet mourning for his lost daughter happened to look up and rubbed his eyes, for there stood the palace as before. He went quickly over, and Aladdin received him in the hall of the four-and-twenty windows, with the princess at his side. Aladdin told him what had happened. A ten-days feast was proclaimed, and it seemed as if Aladdin might now live the rest of his life in peace. But it was not to be. The African magician had a younger brother who was, if possible, more wicked and more cunning than himself. He traveled to China to avenge his brother and went to visit a woman called Fatima, thinking she might be of use to him. He entered her cell and told her to rise and do his bidding. He changed clothes with her, colored his face like hers, put on her veil, set her free, and sent her far away that she might tell no tales. Then he went towards the palace of Aladdin, and all the people, thinking he was the holy woman, gathered round him, kissing his hands and begging his blessings. When he got to the palace, there was such a noise going on around him that the princess bade her worker look out the window and ask what was the matter. The worker said it was the holy woman curing people by her touch of their ailments, whereupon the princess, who had long desired to see Fatima, sent for her. On coming to the princess, the magician offered up a prayer for her health and prosperity. When he was done, the princess made him sit by her 
and begged him to stay with her always. The false Fatima, who wished for nothing better, consented, but kept his veil down for fear of discovery. The princess showed him the hall and asked him what he thought of it. It is truly beautiful, said the false Fatima. In my mind, it wants but one thing. And what is that? said the princess. If only a rock's egg, replied he, were hung up from the middle of this dome, it would be the wonder of the world. After this, the princess could think of nothing but a rock's egg, and when Aladdin returned from hunting, he found her in very ill humor. He begged to know what was wrong, and she told him that all her pleasure in the hall was spoiled for the want of a rock's egg hanging from the dome. If that is all, replied Aladdin, you shall soon be happy. He left her and rubbed the lamp. And when the genie appeared, commanded him to bring a rock's egg. The genie gave such a loud and terrible shriek that the hall shook. What? he cried. Is it not enough that I have done everything for you, but you must command me to bring my master and hang him up in the midst of this dome? This request does not come from you, but from the brother of the African musician whom you banished. He is now in your palace, disguised as the holy woman. He was the one who put that wish into your wife's head. Take care of yourself, or he means you harm. So saying, the genie disappeared. Aladdin went back to the princess, saying his head ached, and requesting that the holy Fatima should be fetched to lay her hands on it. But when the magician came near, Aladdin seized him, said he knew who he was, and had him put in a cage. What have you done? cried the princess. You have sent away the holy woman. Not so, replied Aladdin, but a wicked magician, and told her of how she has been deceived. After this, Aladdin and his wife lived in peace. He succeeded the Sultan when it was his time and reigned for many years, leaving behind him a long line of kings. And that's the end of this episode. Good night, sleep tight.